0: 26. a man band, not a boy band, though we need to be in sync, but not a boy band, but we'll find out we got to be in sync, we got to go together, but not a boy band, First uh, Samuel 10, 26, and then we're going to be turning to First Samuel 8, and reading a few scriptures there as well. But the, the King James Version of 1 Samuel 10, 26 says, I know that you'll have the, uh... oh good, they got it. And Saul also, there we go, went home to Gibeah, and there went with him, what? There went with him a band of men whose hearts God had touched. Father, I pray you touch hearts in your name. Amen. Amen. Maybe you seated. First Samuel, now chapter 8. I want you to turn to 8. We're going to read a few verses there as well. Beginning in verse 5, 6, and 7. And said to him, Look, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now, make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. This is Israel talking. They wanted to be like the world. So Samuel prayed, To the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Verse 11. And he said, This will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He will take. Verse 12. He will appoint. Verse 13. He will take. Verse 14. He will take. Verse 15, he will take. Verse 16, he will take. Verse 17, he will take. Verse 18, you will cry. (laughs) That's what it says. Uh, Then verse 19 and 20. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, no, but we will have a king over us, that we may also be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Now, here in 1 Samuel ten twenty six, it's covering here the coronation of Saul as king. Back to chapter 10. It's the coronation, okay, the inauguration, if you will, of King Saul, who had been chosen by God himself. Now, he was Israel's first king. Israel, for many, many years, they wanted to be like other nations. They wanted to be like one of the phallus. They wanted to play world. We want to be like them. They all have kings. I want a king. Uh, But God would say, no, no, I'll take care of you. Mm, You know. But we want somebody we can see, somebody tangible, concrete. And then God tells them, oh, maybe that's what you want. But he's going to take, take, take. Uh, My name is King Jimmy. And gimme, gimme, gimme. Ah. Uh, but they wanted to play world. Psalms 106, verse 15 says. Ah. Uh, it puts it this way of, of what they did. Psalms 106, verse 15. And God gave them over to their request. That's what they wanted. Is that what you want? Remember what we've said before? I have a sermon called Allowed Aloud. Remember that? I should preach it again. That's one of my favorite sermons. Aloud Aloud. Where God allowed them to go, but he said, all right, is that what you want? Then go. And you parents know what I'm talking about. And when your boys are, come on, mom can, mom, can I, mom, can I, mom, mom, come on, mom, come on, mom. Come on, mom. And I use the uh, illustration of a guy from one of the families, you know, one of the ministers. I used to go to their house and come on, dad, come on, dad. dad. Go ask your mom come, on, mom, come on, mom, come on, mom. Go, come on, go ask your dad, go on, mom, come on, dad. Uh, and finally, he said, okay, is that what you want? Okay, then go. Uh, but remember, I told you. Uh, baby, please don't go, because you're going to get in trouble. But that's what was happening here with Israel. Uh, and God this even and above his wise warnings to Israel. So once the coronation of King Saul is completed, Saul, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 10, 26, the coronation is complete. He starts for home alone. He's the original McCarkey, Calkin, or whatever. He's going to go home, and he's going to go alone. But it is here at this very point that God intervenes, and in verse 26 of 1 Samuel 10, God says, it says the Bible says that God touched the hearts of a number of men to go with the king. So here on the eve of many of our men going down the week of mighty men of valor, I want us to examine this verse, verse 26 of 1 Samuel chapter 10, a little bit. First of all, as we examine the scripture, the Bible says it was a band. Anybody ever been in a band? City Lights, maybe? Uh, I wonder if anybody ever heard of City Lights, besides Albert, because he was in it. Uh. But first of all, the Bible says it was a band. Not a mob, not a crowd, uh, not a random lot, but a band, the Bible says. This is the original man band. Band on the run for the Lord. If you will. See, the word band, it implies organization. It implies unity. It implies structure. It implies solidarity. The word band emphasizes, okay, togetherness, compactness, if you will, rather than numbers or amount. Are you with me? It, it implies structure, not just any random, you know, uh, you know shoot, shoot from the cuff kind of a, of a deal, but it, it had unity to it. That's why it says it was a band of men. Uh, they were together. That's what it emphasizes. See, strength, the strength of any army or any group, it lies more on its ability to work together. Teamwork makes a dream work, rather than a multitude. You can have a bunch of people, but it doesn't mean that they got it together. Uh, But the word band implies organization. Muscle is more important than mass. Teamwork is more vital than a multitude. Time and again, history has proven this, this very principle, to be correct. During World War II, in the outset of World War II, the beginning part of it, Germany was down in everybody. Because the Allies weren't Allies yet. Uh, they were, you know, random nations and trying to come against Hitler. But Hitler had it going on. He had Italy and he had Japan. Um, the Axis. And it was difficult. Germany was down in everybody in the beginning. Uh, they held the upper hand in the beginning. Not until the Allies became one army under one general, under one plan, and under one command. They became a band of an army of men. Okay? Then they got, got it together, they were more organized. Tonight we're going to be hearing from a young man, blood in, blood out. And a lot of times I, I conversate with, with Art because I was in prison and I know the street life and all that stuff that goes on. And there's different names of people that started these groups and all that stuff. And they have notoriety and infamy inside the prisons and outside. And one of the times when I was talking to Art, and I think I've mentioned this before, you know, we were talking about the other gangs, the other tips, the other prison house gangs. And uh, how they would come against these guys. And, Art said this, he says, Steve, when we were 350, we were bad. When there was 350 bona fide, tattooed, Mexican Mafia members, he says, we were almost like invincible. He says, but now, when they are 800, they're not that bad. He says, you would think now there's 800 big, bad mafiosos, Mexican Mafia dudes, ooh, killers. Uh, but, no, but now the, the organization... They're not really a band anymore. They're, they're men they are, they're, you know, roughnecks, so to speak. They're all doing their own thing. Uh, they're not taking orders like they should. See, that's how uh, our church or any church can become more effective as we organized, as we, as we band together, we can be more effective. Uh, Pastor Sonny always said, man, I'm I, my nightmare. Pastor Sonny is always saying this. My nightmare is to have a, a, a mob of people and not be together. Uh, Because they're not as effective. See, without organization, we become only a pile of possibilities. We're only a pile of potential. But who's going to work with that pile? That's all we are without organization and being a band, having it together. Uh, And it's very vital. Especially a lot of us. We come with our mentality. I know who I'm working with. Uh, A lot of us, we come like, hey, man, it's your thing. You actually brothers, you and you do what you want to do. Can't nobody tell you who to boogaloo to. Uh, you talking to me? Uh, it's not a easy working with Victory Outreach stuff. Piles, hallelujah, huh? uh, And the Spur of your gormer piles, hallelujah, but that's another story. Uh, that's another series. Uh, a lot of times we're a pile of potential, a pile of possibilities. The need is for a wise master builder as the Bible says, leaders who can come and, and take us to a better plane, a better level. Wise master builders. 1 Peter 2.5 calls us, as, as, as born-again believers, living stones. That when we come together, we build up the house of God. But we're living stones, each and every one of us. We're living stones. Uh, We've we got to get together to build up the house of the Lord. See, banding together is so, so vital and so key to any organization, and especially a church, that wants to be effective within the kingdom of God. Organization. Having it together. Banding. Years ago, the Victory Hayward had a band called the Victory Band. They were better than City Lights. Though they had a City Light member in it. Former. Ah. but we had a, a band called the Victory Band. And they were pretty good. And they were good due to a number of reasons. But the key reason was they used to practice a lot together. Uh, Dominic always had them go over there. Go, gotta go over there. Gotta be there. Uh, and, you know, by themselves, they weren't all, all that. Though some of them might have thought they were. He was probably checking you out today, Adam. Hallelujah. Because he plays bass. Uh, <laughs> but together... Uh, they, 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 they became a good band. They were my favorite band. And I don't know, but I'd always be there in the front, right in the front, whenever they'd come on, I'd be like, yeah, I knew all the songs, you know. See, when they played, the people that enjoyed them and were blessed and knew even a little bit about music, they used to use a certain word to describe, okay, that group. It was one word. It was called, man, because I'd, I'd be sitting there near the front, and I'd say, man, this group is tight. That's what they used to say. Tight. And it wasn't like it was a hip word in those days. Because the members of the band weren't that hip. Uh, but they were, because, and I knew, because I they were they were our band, you know, they used to practice all the time. So man, they did their ta, they moved into the changes, man, and they, they did it together. I could tell when they were off sometimes, but they were hardly ever off, right? They, boom, they were tight. What a band. They had it together. ah uh, See the guys knew their songs, and it showed. They knew their songs. They knew them well, and they, they performed correctly. See, last time that I spent some time with Pastor Sonny, uh, he used a word to describe the church that he's now pastoring in San Diego. He says, "Man, he says when I got over there, it was some things were. It was a good church, but there's some things there." He says, "I need to be able to mobilize this church." That's the word he used: mobilize. And get them together to come to the picnics and to do this, that and the other because even our picnics they're a success when when, when this team's going to take care of them Manuel's team's going to take care of this this team's going to get that that's mobilization we got it together it's important church that we understand and we do our part living stones uh, banding together so the first thing that the Bible says there first of all Saul had a band the second thing the next thing the Bible says they were a band of men. Not women or not children, but men. Now, this isn't to try to minimize. I'm not saying this to minimize the, the, you know, the great work and the great efforts put on by men and women and children in God's kingdom. No, I'm not trying to minimize the work of women or even of youth or children. I'm only saying this to emphasize the position and the place of men within the kingdom of God. And the reason being is that by and large, within too many churches, the the work and the effort of the men in most churches is usually the weakest link. You're out of here. You're the weakest link. <laughs> the men. You know. The women have got it pretty much going on by and large. Most churches and even Victory Outreach. Uh, see, women have for ages and years formed themselves into bands. In regulating and in moderating and carrying out the work of God. Even in Victory Outreach, united women in ministry. Emphasis the word united, band, together. Uh, Pastor Sonny, that's why he goes through all these women's stuff, because he wants to see what the women got doing. They spend hours and hours on meetings. I mean, they start early. Man, they go on and, and us men are like, what do they do? <laughs> and they sit there. and Of course, they order out, trust me. They order, them, they, right, they, right, they got to keep that, you know, got to keep fuel, hallelujah. Uh, uh, but they're always, you know, they got it together, boy and large. Uh, yesterday at the Singles de Mayo, we might as well have put up a sign, because I was here, and I was checking out even before. We might as well have put up a sign up there, caution, women working. Ah, uh, women, women are always right there. I mean, they were, the, they were the first ones here. They were like, man, you know, the men were here because they had to be. It was a men's home. You know, but I'm not going to get into that one. Hallelujah. But the women were here. They'd bring the food and get everything. Look, look what they were able to do, put all this stuff, you know. They asked us, can we keep this up? And I know why they want to keep it up, because they put a lot of work into this. That's right. De Mayo. Leave it up. Leave it up. Ah. Uh, but then the men, about the only time they band together at church is for a baptismal or, or, or a funeral uh, because they have to come. By and large, the, the men of, of, the, of, of this planet, the only time they ever come to church is, you know, for a baptismal, for a, for a, for a, a you know, some kind of a death or something, a funeral, wedding. Uh, but the women... They have a way of rallying together and getting things done. When we were putting this this beam together here and all this stuff we had to be done, Uh, I'm I'm learning some of the stuff and we, we said, let's go do it, yeah! But then I looked at the money chart, we didn't have none. Then I met with this guy for lunch. And he says, well, Brother Steve... I need my money. I said, okay, who's paying for lunch? No, I'm just here. No. I said, okay. And then I told him this. I said, look at my eyes. I really did. I, remember I said, look at my eyes. And I, at my, I said, I've, I'm going to pay you your money. I don't have it. But you're going to get your money. And then I told him these words. God has never failed us. Never, never. And read my lips now. Don't look at my eyes. Read my lips on Never. Now, I went out on faith, big, big faith. Because, because I had three days to come up with five thousand dollars. The women started making phone calls. The women who already had it together started calling this, that, and the other. I'll tell you, the women got us that money. Uh, in three days, we got five thousand. Okay, but, but hold on, but hold on, hold on. I had to give him five thousand a week. We owed him twenty-one thousand. I think we'd given him one. So now the next week came. I had to give him another five. God has still never failed us. I don't know how it happened, but every week we got 5,000. Every week. I don't even think we had to bring it out to you guys that much. We just brought it out a little bit. But God always came through. Things were happening. Uh, the women had it together. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually when the United Women in Ministry, when they get together, they raise up money for vans, and I think they bought you guys a van, right? They bought they stuff, kids always buying things. They bought a Manila van. They, uh, when they get together, they, 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 they're strategizing, they're planning. But little by little, we're beginning to get it together too, right, man? Uh, God's going to be able to, to harness the potential. And listen, man, we got to get it together because this building is, 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 is not even, uh, you know, it's only like about a third done. Uh, we we got to get it together, guys. If I had a hammer, I'll give you one. Ah, hallelujah. You and Trini Lopez, hallelujah. Que vino Cinco de Mayo, hallelujah. You made that song, by the way. Uh, if I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning. Yeah, you liar. Uh, but we, and let me tell you something. I mentioned it earlier. We're closer to closing than we think. Somebody just donated a bunch of cement and concrete, that we may be able to lay the foundation. I think it's enough. For one of the members here, they said, in, in this man's name, we're going to donate some concrete. It'd be nice to lay the foundation here already and skip phase two and go right to phase three and build the building, knock it down, and then meet here. I was hoping you wouldn't listen to that. But we could do that. But uh, we, we got to go to phase two now. By the way, have you seen the doors? The doors are there. We painted all up in here. It's all done. Uh, it's getting all right. Huh? Pretty soon we got to get carpet and somebody can lay it. Uh, See, so much could be accomplished, Uh, accomplished if only there would be more bands of men, real man bands, not boy bands, doing the work of God. Turn to one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible in Nehemiah 611. Nehemiah 611, powerful scripture. It's one of my favorite scriptures. I teach on this and I preach on this every now and again. Nehemiah six eleven 11, it says, and I said, this is Nehemiah talking, should such a man as I run, big chavala. and who is there that being as I am, would go into the temple to save his life, I will not go in. I like the scripture, in other words, he's saying, here I stand, I can do no more. That's how the Protestant movement was, was, was birthed out of a man, hallelujah, who stood up and said, uh-uh, here I stand, I can do no more. Read my hips, Pope. That's what he said, read my hips, ain't going nowhere. Uh, should such um, so much happens when individuals take ownership of stuff and decide to stand for a worthy cause? That's what Nehemiah did. The walls of the city of Jerusalem were torn down, just like a lot of our values, just like a lot of our inner cities and neighborhoods. And Nehemiah said, "Ah, it's a reproach to the Israelite. It's a reproach to the Jew. Everybody else looks at us as as trashas, huh?" We don't care about the things of God. The walls were torn down of that city. The gates were burned. And Nehemiah said, We're going to take care of this work. We're going to get it done. Uh, no more. Dakota is going to raise up pastors. East Oakland's is going to raise up ministers of the gospel. Out of A Street going to come some powerful men and women of God, but especially the men. No more. Certainly no more or less. Amen. Because the men didn't care about the, the women. And I've said it before, but some of you never heard this, i got to say it. What that meant when the walls of a city were torn down is the men didn't care. All they wanted to do was shoot their dope, smoke their camels, and hang out in the hood. Uh-oh. Give me a 40. <laughs> uh. Selfish. They, that really meant, and some of you know what it means, but some of you don't. I got to tell you what that meant. That meant that all the men cared about was hanging out in the hood. And they were telling the world, come in and rape my daughters. Come in and take my, my, my wife. Just take them. I don't care. Uh-uh. I care for my children. I care for my family. I'm going to do something about this. Uh, I, I was the epitome of that. But nobody ever told me. Nobody confronted me and told me these things. Like, man, you have a great opportunity to be a real man, Mio. Real man. <sighs> Stop taking advantage of it. Standing up for what's right, for a great cause. Is there not a cause in Israel? Is there not a cause in the East Bay? Yes, there is. Plenty of cause. Uh, if we get selfish, I'm going to leave the home because. There ain't no because. I'm going to graduate because. Oh. Hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah. See, there's a word that can be applicable here. And what I am wanted to say here this morning, it's a word called dormant. The power of the men was laying dormant. A pile of potential, as I said. Uh, This word has to do with, you know, untapped power, untapped possibilities. The potential of men within the church. By and large, It lays dormant. It lays untapped. May today's opening scripture in 1 Samuel 10, 26, uh, may it serve to call the men of this church, or any church, my friend, to arms, as it should be. There it be a call to arms. Uh, And they went, a band of men went with the king. See, for those men... These men here in in 1 Samuel 10, 26, these men chose to form a band of strength and support around their new king. Stay with me now. That's what they chose. They chose to uh, build a band of support and strength around their new king. Uh, Now, one of my definitions of vision is seeing the need and what? Praying about it? Seeing the need and tapping your brother on the shoulder and saying, go go do it? (laughs) One of my definitions of vision is seeing the need and feeling it, do it. Uh, that's what these men did. So they did. The other day, my daughter and I were watching CNN. She loves CNN. Uh, because when I'm, when I got the remote, I'm the boss. So she had to watch it. It was C-SPAN. And Oakland was on there, the city of Oakland. Can uh, all these guys and I said, yeah, hey, I know that guy. Wow, well, you know, they were on there. They were talking about the violence in the streets of Oakland. And I, you know, then I change it a little bit, I come back, and I'm watching it, and at the end, they said, yes, sir, you can speak, the, the reverend. And he says, "Ah, oh, we've been talking about all this stuff, he says, but I've got to tell you, the answer is God. Some of you may not like it, but the answer is God. And they started saying, you know what? This new faith-based initiative programs, They we should, we should champion this cause. We should do it, we should, it'll, it'll help us out. Ah, uh, so he stood up for, I mean, we, we can't, the Bible says sent help from the White House. No. Sent help from the sanctuary. Oh. Now, many of you maybe don't know who Alan Greenspan is. You should at least hear his name. But he is the head of the Federal Reserve. Right? He's, he's the main guy. Well, before him, there was another man. I forget his name. But I want to read to you what this guy said. He was the head of the Federal Reserve, Alan Greenspan's job that he has today. And hopefully we got it here. I I try to put it up here. Okay. Here's what he wrote. There it is. All right. This is prior to the... In other words, he's in in charge of all the business that's going on. And he said this. The businessmen asked him this. Okay. what, What should they do about the businesses in America? Here's what he said. For the sake of business, for our own sakes... For the sake of our children, for the sake of our nation, let us businessmen get behind the churches and their pastors. The safety of all we have is due to the churches. By all that we hold dear, let us from this very day give more time, more money, and more thought to the churches of our city. For upon these, the value of all we own ultimately depends. This was not the words of a preacher. This was not the words of a prophet. It was another individual who was in charge of the Federal Reserve. He knew! He could see. Uh, one time somebody came from France to study the greatness of America and he said the greatness of America is in their churches but they don't know it. Uh, now the third thing moving faster, the third thing that this verse tells us is that this band of men, okay it was a band of men whose hearts God had touched. Number three, whose hearts God had touched. See, the heart is usually uh, the thing that God is most interested about. The heart. First Samuel 16, 7 says that while man looks at the outward appearance, God looks at the ticker. God is more concerned with the heart. Uh, God didn't touch the hands for, you know, or excuse me, God didn't touch their head for their smarts. God didn't touch their hands for their skills. But rather their hearts for their faith and for their courage. That's where faith and courage come from. He touched their hearts, not their hands or not their head. And it makes sense. See, when a man's heart is right, and especially right with God, his faithfulness, his loyalty, and his integrity are intact. You can count on that. There's faithfulness, there's loyalty there. There's integrity there when a man's heart is intact. See, men tend to get more evil and more mean-spirited, even dangerous. With ugly motives when their hearts are displaced and not right. When they're selfish. That's where the men get evil. That's where men can get mean-spirited. When their heart's not right. where they need to be. But when a man's motives are pure and unselfish, his life and his actions can be much more easily applied for the good. And to the good. Jesus of Nazareth what about doing good. Acts 10, 38. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The purity of heart is so important. See, my friend, and this is a key. This is a key of 1 Samuel 10, 26. When a man allows the Spirit of God to touch his heart, listen to this. If you haven't heard nothing, listen to this. This is the key to my sermon to me. When a man allows God to touch his heart, uh, he can thus be able to allow his sense of responsibility, his sense of duty to be opened and aroused. When you allow God... All of a sudden, you become dutiful, responsible. What? The walls are down? We got to take care of business, man. When you allow God to touch your heart. See, these men had come from a coronation. Where where did they come from? A coronation, inauguration of of their new king. In other words, they had church. They had church where two or three are gathered. God moved in that corner. They were like, they didn't come expecting. They came expecting to go home. They didn't. They came expecting. The same old, same old. Let's go. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God began to move. Spirit of God. Man, they opened their hearts. God, is there not a cause? Yes. We need you. God needs you. The best thing you can do for yourself, your family, And anybody else is live for the Lord. Sell out for God. Uh, If you want a life that's chivalrous and purposeful, give your life to Christ. Ain't nothing better on this planet than to give your all to the Lord. They went for a coronation, not expecting to get touched, but they opened up their hearts. That was it. Boom, God came in. That's what God can do here this morning. Some of you didn't come in. I guess I got to go to church. It's Sunday. Bang! That'll touch your life. Uh, They became responsible. Uh, They went to the coronation. They weren't expecting for what happened to happen. But since their hearts were open to the move of God, at the coronation ceremony, God began to move. He touched their hearts, and their sense of responsibility was able to surface. How could their new king go home alone? Don't make sense without help, without protection. It ain't right. So they decided to go with him. I'm gonna help them. That's what happened to me. When I heard Pastor Sonny, he said, wow. Anytime you hear Pastor Sonny, right? It's like, ooh, man. Uh, God is able to touch your heart. And I told you, I wasn't even saved. I'd only been in the home three days. And we went to go hear the choir sing. They had a choir back in those days. I guess God threw it in one way or another. Hallelujah. Uh, and I sat in the front row because it was the only place to sit. I didn't know I was sitting right next to Pastor Sonny. I didn't know who he was. And when I found out that was him, you know, God spoke to me and says, you're going to help this man all over the world. Uh, all over the world. And my heart became purposeful. My, my life became having meaning. See, in other words, these men, they had church at this coronation. Uh, and that's usually how the kingdom of God expands and and how how things get done within the kingdom of God. People come to church not expecting too much. uh, But when their life is open, good things can take place. That's all we ask. Have an open heart. I have a sermon called, Good Things Happen at the Altar. And they do. All you gotta do is open your heart. And God is able. Uh, God can touch your heart as well. What a huge difference us men can make within our world, within our society, if we choose to follow the things of God. When he touches our lives. If we decided to do that, as Pastor Cal used to say, Pastor Cal used to say these things. He said, Man, if we decide to blow our soul for the things of God, that's what you that's what should decide. I want to blow my soul for the gospel, for the work of the, the gospel. See, when God fires up a person's life, our world will only get better. See, back then and during this time, the Jewish people were known, you know what they were known as cowards. The Jewish were cowards, in a sense. They they were hiding in caves, only thinking of themselves. They were runners. Sort of like the barrio boys, the neighborhood fellas. Uh, We think we're bad. We're going to go to prison and fight. That ain't bad. That ain't bad. You want to be bad? Pick up a Bible. Uh, You Live for God. Say no to sin. Say yes to God. Raise a family. Pay their bills. Double ties. That's super bad. That's super bad. That's super bad. I don't hear that. But that's bad. Uh, really. The Jewish people back in those days, they were more on the defensive rather than the offense. They were very defensive all the time. Uh, scared. But once the Spirit of God touched them, a number of them began to turn into warriors and braves. That's what you see here. These guys are warriors and braves because God touched their lives. I, I would dare say, I don't know where you're, 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 Lydia, I would dare say your uncle was a very, very selfish, 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 selfish man. I would dare say that. But one day he was driving up Dakota and he'd seen a bunch of nuts. But well, he was a nut too with a cowboy hat and boots. And Dakota, you gotta be nuts to be walking like that in Dakota. Uh, and I can imagine what's going on in here. Uh, but since that day, uh, since that day, God is able to do that. Turn you into brave warriors. Uh, they became, the Jewish people became unafraid uh, of danger and, un, and unmoved by threats. That's why one of my best scriptures in the Bible is Acts 15, 26. It says men who have hazarded their lives for the name of Jesus Christ. They put their, their lives out on the line for Jesus. Oh, to have a church full of men like this that are willing to hazard their lives for the sake of Jesus Christ, for his name. Uh, what, a, man, what, a, what an army we would have. See, it's only an army of men like this that can help bring about positive change to Northern California. That's why in the eve of, North, uh, of mighty men of Valor, I've chosen the sermon. Because guys, we're going to go down there, we're not going to be the same. We're going to go with hearts open. Yes. If God wants to touch us, then so be it. Yes. We've got to come back and, 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 and do the work of God. Yes. By a hammer, hallelujah. Yes. Then lastly, finally, it says there in 1 Kings 10, 20, 26 uh, that these men went with the king. And they went with him, uh, a band of men whose hearts God had touched. They went with him. In other words, they were with him. They were with the king. They were with, their, they were with their pastor, so to speak. In other words, these guys left their businesses, their jobs, their comforts. They left them behind and went with the king. They left all their comforts and went to the Philippines, Darrell. That's what they did. Can uh, I have said it before? When, when a lot of people... When they see our guys go to Manila or the Philippines, and now Chucky was in Indonesia, it blows people's minds, especially the Filipinos. That's why I have coined a new word. What's that new word? Amphil. That's what Daryl is. A lot of the Filipinos, they call themselves phil that live here. I'm a phil Filipino-American. Like us, we're Mexican-Americans. Cinco de Mayo, you know? Well, now they, these guys are Amphils, American Filipinos. I'm almost there. I got one more trip. i will be a 21st trip. I'll turn 21 to the Philippines. I got one more to go. And I become 21. Becoming an Ah, uh, Tagalog. Lumpias. Uh, all right. But it blows their minds. They, they want to come to America. And they see Americans going over there and staying there and marrying their, their, their kind. They're, you know, hey, man, this guy, these guys are for real, man. Something's going on. Ah, uh, they went with him. They left everything behind. They forsook all and followed him, the Bible says. They made Saul's great work their great work. That's what they did. They made the king's work their work. Uh, another verse that I like in the Bible is in Matthew 10 to 41. It says that when you back up a prophet, you have a prophet's reward. Uh, when you back up a prophet, you have a prophet's reward. You, you know, you, you might not, well, you know... You might not have everything Sonny has, but you have his reward. You might not be Sonny Argonzoni, but you got his reward because you're backing up his vision. Uh, Magic Johnson said this, and he's a Christian now. But I like what Magic Johnson said. He, He said these words. He says, in championship teams, not all the players get the publicity, but they all get to call themselves champions. Not all of you are going to get the notoriety, no. oh, but you can all say, we sent a church to the Philippines. We sent a church to Indonesia. We be champions, buddy. We, huh? we're all champions. It's important. These men that went with King Saul, they took ownership of his mission. But in 1 Samuel 10:27, it says... Not all the men caught the vision. As I get close to closing here, verse 27 of 1 Samuel 10, it says, not everybody had the vision. It says, but some rebels said, how can this man save us? So they despised him and brought him no presents. but he held his peace. It's a lot like what's happening with President Bush right now. Really? Uh, sometimes people tell me, don't get political. I'm not going to get political. But I'm going to pick on somebody that picked up President Bush. i do not getting political. And the reason being is because this guy has a reverend before his name, so I can pick on the reverend. I'm a reverend. He's a reverend. The reverend, Jesse Jackson. Now, you guys might get mad. Okay, fine. So, you know. But this, man, come on, reverend. Uh, what happened is he's coming over here knocking. The, he was here in the Bay Area knocking the president. Uh, and I said to myself, okay, what? Is, the president is not helping out the economy. He's not, he's not taking the economy serious. I said to myself, okay, if he does, would you shut up? He won't. He won't. No, 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 he won't. Uh, and I'm saying this because I'm not prejudiced. Blood is blood. Uh, he's taking, he's, he's knocking. See, you know what our president has done? Our, our president has been, he's taking us up against, we had a terrible name. The Americans are afraid to die. The Americans, no, no, we're not. Uh, he's, our president is concerned with the world. And how we look to the world. Uh, it, when, money's not the whole thing. It's not about money. It's about, a, a good name is much more to be desired than, than silver or gold. Uh, it's important. And we're saying over here, you know, man, money will follow a vision, money will always follow a vision. Uh, but these men that did go with the king. They went to lighten his load, to lighten his burdens. These knew they could not be helpful staying home, armchair pastors. That's what they were. You ever seen armchair quarterbacks? I'm one. I sit there and I say, man, he should have thrown it over here. He could have done that. Oh, I, I, you know. But sometimes we have armchair pastors. He could have done. He could have done that. Oh man, could, where are you, man? If I was if I was, if I was preaching, I wouldn't have said that. Uh, Ah, you know these men chose not to stay home they followed the vision ah that's what happened what have I said before my vision to see Pastor Sunday's vision come to pass and your vision come to pass that's my vision Uh, see most ministries within a church most good ministries within a church they don't fail or they don't die because they're not good visions or they're not good ministries but rather they die due to apathy, due to lack of participation. That's why most ministries die in, in a church. It's a, world called, it's a word called indifference. Terrible word. That's when people get divorced. They're indifferent. They don't care. Yeah, the prayer meetings on Thursday. Oh, they're nice. They're good. But nobody comes. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but nobody's involved in that. No, yeah, it's great. But nobody does it. May these men of 1 Samuel 10, shame us to service. Huh? Besides, what greater work is there on this planet than the cause of Christ? None. What have I said before about Billy Graham? They asked him, what? Mr. Graham, why don't you run for president of the United States? He says, God forbid that I should lower myself to run for the presidency of the United States. No, no, no. Our call call is shiverous people. Every penny counts. Every amen counts here. Uh, I mean, when we knock down these walls, people are going to hear about when they, they, I mean it's already filled here but it's going to get over here you know what I would love because I, I, when I come in and I hear you people singing I would love to I love to hear worship and to get involved in just a big worship a lot of voices I love to hear that and, I, and, I, and I'm sitting here saying oh I can imagine how it's going to be once we knock down these walls and you know three four hundred more come it's going to be like oh yeah Jesus yes Lord are you listen I know you are ah, what a cause Is there not a cause? Yes. A thousand times, yes. I end with this, and I've said it before, but some of you have not heard it. There was a certain church denomination who had a missionary board. And people had to go, if they wanted to be missionaries, they had to go before the board. And get verbally, you know, okay, you can do this. And had to to go through some verbal, you know, scrutiny, screening. People would ask them questions. They'd fill out the applications. So this one guy wanted to be a missionary, and he came, and he sat down, but he only had one leg. And he sat down. And, you know, the, the guys were wise. That's why they were on the board. So they're sitting there talking to him, and, you know, okay, what, what do you think is, and if you, what kind of support are you going to be getting? And Yes, and where do you want to go? And he said, finally, after about 10 minutes of, you know, cutting it up, One of the older guys finally says, you know what, man, let's stop here. Let's be real. Because they weren't real for the first 10 minutes. He says, "Uh, you know, you want to go be a missionary, but you know you only have one leg. Let's be real. And the guy says, I know, but I don't see too many people with two legs sitting here. I want everybody with two legs to bow their heads. Close their eyes. Jesus. Jesus. I know this is an important sermon. They went to a coronation and you touched men. 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 It's hearts that were open. Let men's hearts be open here today. To receive from you, Jesus let men's hearts be open and it's men's day talk to the men of this church to organize to band ourselves together pastors cannot do it alone the leadership cannot do it alone Help us to organize and structure. And there went with him a band of men whose hearts God had touched. Touch hearts here this morning, Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, Spirit of God moving in ministry. I want to pray for those of you that say, I want my life to count. I want my life to have meaning. Many years ago, people used to quote this saying it said, Only when life will soon be passed, but only what's done for God will last. Only one life will soon be passed, but only what's done for Christ will last. If you want meaning and purpose and chivalrousness in your life, choose Christ. Don't be selfish. Put God first. These men left all. They forsook all. Their businesses, their jobs, their vocations to follow the leading of Christ. God's leading, the spirit of God in their lives to follow this man to birth a nation Israel. Pastor Sonny birthed a spiritual nation called Victory Outreach. Won't you come, won't you join? The chivalrous call to go to the inner cities of the world but there's not a lot of millionaires. Matter of fact, there's none. None, not one. Millionaire in the neighborhoods, not one, but that's our call. Not too many rich folk at all in the inner cities. but God is able to touch them and make them millionaires. God is able to touch them and make them responsible. I want to pray for those men here today that say, "Brother Steve, this, this call has gone out to me, and I want to I want to make a stand, what's and for all for the kingdom of God." in my life. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand your feet right there where you're at. If you want me to pray for you, I am going to pray for you, man. So I want to make a stand once and for all for God with both my legs, with both my legs. Anybody else, there head or still body, every close. close Spirit of God, moving to ministry.